As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequaled. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan and Johns, with you right before rookie minicamp gets going at Hallis Hall. We see some of these draft picks in person. What's up, Johnsy? Uh, good to see you, Adam. I think today's the day, right? Thursday, they arrive. Yeah. Take the practice field Friday, get out of here on Mother's Day. I feel like there's a lot of Mother's Day minicamps we've covered in years yes. past. Because there usually are right after the draft. Yeah. There sure. were a couple years where they were two, two weeks, weeks after the draft. Because you could do them either way. Like, half the teams do them this weekend, half the teams do them next weekend. I'd rather do it next weekend. Yeah, the I mean, moms out you, there. you don't have uh, the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, and you don't have Mother's Day on Forgot Sunday. about the Derby, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, ah, I, that's fine. Back to business. I couldn't name a single horse in the Derby right now at this point. No. But... How many undrafted free agents can you name that the Bears have signed? Well, how many undrafted free agents can I name that would be a sweet name for a Kentucky Derby horse? Ooh. Like, how about Smoke Monday as a horse name? <laughs> That's a great horse name. Smoke? Come on. Monday? Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, I can name some undrafted free agents. Bears ones. Not just the Badger. I feel like there's so many. Well, there are. They, they like, have to. There's like 20 of them. They and there's tryout players out there. That's where it gets confusing if you're tracking it online out there. Some of those players that are announcing that they're Bears, whatever, some of it's just an invite yeah. to minicamp, which is what Ryan Pace used to do. Phil Emery never did that, but Ryan Pace did that as well. Well, we'll get into some of the things we're looking forward to seeing this weekend at House Hall, um, including some of those UDFAs. I'll, I'll give you a couple names. I'll be keeping an eye on. Not just the Badger, I promise. Um, 
Anyway, welcome in. We have a good guest for you today to talk about this draft class and some other things around the NFC North as well. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to get those subscriptions. Uh, I am at allchgo.com. You can get those memberships there as well. And my post-draft Bears Things column is up where I went through and ranked all the Bears draft picks in terms of how likely they are to be active week one and contribute right away. So you can check that out uh, and some other thoughts, random stuff on the draft class as well there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. Hit the notification button so you know when our episodes go live. And what else? Obviousshirts.com where you get the merch. A lot of good merch up there for the summer. T-shirts or trucker hats. It's all up there. So make sure you check it out. All right. Um, we had Nick Baumgartner on before the draft, and he gave us a lot of good insights. So we thought it would be a good idea to bring him back on after the draft to hear what he had to say about some of the Bears picks. And he has a big piece up on the undrafted free agents right now on The Athletic, too. So a lot of good insight from Nick. So we had a chance to talk to him earlier and uh, might as well kick this thing off with Nick Baumgartner right now. All right, let's bring Nick Baumgartner back into the podcast. We had him pre-draft. Now we bring him in in the aftermath of the Bears 11 draft pick senior writer at The Athletic. You should be following him on Twitter, at Nick Baumgartner. So you've had some time to digest not only the Bears draft, but really everyone's draft. What What's your biggest takeaway from what Ryan Poles did in his first NFL draft as a GM? Yeah, we were just talking, like, they, they, I don't know... And the initial reaction that I had at the draft was similar to what everyone else had, which is early on, it's like, you need, why are you not getting more help for, for fields? But then, you know, I stopped and looked at it and I'm like, well, all the guys, you know, most of the guys they took for the most part, and there's some, you know, swings later in that draft, they're good players. They got good players. And I think that honestly, the more I thought about it, because my initial reaction was like, I'm not quite sure what they're doing here. But I also was kind of like, well, I don't really need to know what they're doing. That's for them to decide. If these are the guys that they had higher on their board, and, you know, Brisker is a terrific example. That's amazing value for where they got him. So I I don't dislike it. Um, I like that they took chances on some guys right now, and I like that they kind of did their own thing. But, you know, all the criticisms, I think, are kind of fair, too. So it's a Definitely an interesting draft. It wasn't boring at all. Did you like the receiver class, especially when it came to the day two, day three? I think you saw some teams. I don't want to use the word reach because it's their own boards, but guys went earlier than expected. I think that it, yeah, they did, and I wonder if um, if some of the and I I do I liked it because I like every. I mean, I I'm a big believer in every year now. We're seeing more and more NFL ready receivers coming out deeper and deeper. Like the Bears got Velas Jones, who's a great you know. Really good football player who was great at Senior Bowl. I think it was a third round pick. I mean, that's or fourth. What was Vilas in? Third round, seventy one. Yeah. Yep. So like that's good value, and I don't mind him there. Uh, some of them, I think, you know, that I saw go off a little early. Like Tyquan Thornton was a little earlier. One of the other guys, one of the Baylor guys, and maybe I'm missing his name up. But like some of those guys were maybe a little earlier than you would have thought. But for the most part, I didn't mind it. I thought that that was okay, and it really comes down to preference. Like some people would nitpick, like, well, you passed on George Pickens, and it's like, well, maybe you like. Maybe you don't like George Pickens. Maybe you like one of the other guys. Maybe you like Velas better for what he can give you, and put him in there, and we'll see. So, I, yeah, I like the I like the receiver class, but I like it every year now. I think I think that's something that's building and building, and we'll see it most years. Do you think Velas Jones is somebody that can get on the field pretty quickly? Because I feel like 
I feel like they ended up targeting a guy that they feel like they can work in their offense pretty fast as opposed to like maybe one of these X type receivers that you, you we see it every year. Some of these receivers, they, they take a year to really get going before they can be dependent on. Yeah, Bellis is one of those guys that has that like wiggle and the explosion just to just to get open underneath. And he can just beat guys, you know, in that tight window space area without having without needing help, without needing much else. In Detroit, we see it a lot from uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who doesn't have as much explosion as as Velas in terms of the straight line speed, but he's really hard to deal with in those tight windows and he knows how to get open. And he's exactly the type of guy Chicago could put into the offense. I think in ways that would help the run game and the pass game. Like he's a guy that you could involve, you know, you could get him in a jet series. You could get him involved out on out wide and get him going in the screen game and every other, every other way possible. It's an option and a gadget and a weapon for Justin Fields, who, as we've seen throughout his career so far, which is young and growing, um, he'll find guys. If you put him out there, he'll, he can find them. I mean, that's part of the appeal there. So I like that pick a lot. That was a good one. As you're live blogging the draft, and it gets to day three, and Ryan Poles decides to take every single phone call that's being made to, to Dallas Hall, he starts moving moving around. He starts moving around some more. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what's your initial reaction? And then what do you think of the, the process of it, especially when you look at the Bears roster, the the number of needs, and just the number of players they needed to fill out that roster? And I, I, I liked it. And I think that it, that made me feel better about it in the end that they were able to stack more. And then you could see that they were able to take some chances on some linemen, you know, later that, cause that was my big thing. I was like, when I was looking at the bears up there in the second, it was like, take a tackle, take a, take one of these guys up here and give fields more help up front. But you know, they took some guys late that could project into something. Um, and the fact that they were cognizant of that, I think uh, was important. And, um, you know, we saw, we saw, everyone saw, I guess now polls doing the humble brag about other people calling him and saying that everybody, you know, whatever it was, but I could say probably on day three, he's probably not wrong. He probably did snag a few guys cause they had a lot of picks and they took a lot of swings down there and you're right. You're just starting. It's brand new. This is the time right now to take those swings because they're going to be less, less easy to sell, you know, in two years or even in a year. So I didn't mind it as much. And I actually think that the fact that they got more late help me sort of think, okay, I like the class better. And I think in the long run, you know, it's going to have more of a chance to maybe be more beneficial than people see. What do you know about these four offensive linemen that they drafted on day three? I mean, they're all projecty, right? They're all traits guys, all those guys down there for the most part. I'm trying to pull up the names here. We've got uh, Kramer from Illinois. I mean, he's another example of one. So, I mean, you've got these guys down here that are like everyone down as an offensive lineman in like five, six, and seven, usually ends up being these guys that they do one or two things really well. So it's like they have really good burst, they are, they're, they're agile, but they're on the island of misfit toys because they're off on whether it's height or arm length or whatever it el- whatever else it is. So I would say they got a couple of tackles. They got a center. Was, it, was there a guard in there too? A couple well, guards. Yeah, a couple. The, it was Zach Thomas, who they think could play guard, but played left tackle. Yeah. So they got guys with traits and they got guys that played multiple positions. And I think that's what I saw. Guys that like, when you're talking about depth and you guys know, I mean, offensive line depth is like damn near impossible in the NFL these days to keep anything like usable. So I didn't mind it at all. I liked it. I liked the fact that they took, they took chances on guys that were, that could play multiple spots that have traits and we'll see. And you develop them and see what happens. Sometimes those guys work out. In terms of where the bears draft maybe fits with the lions the Packers, the Vikings. 
you, you see Gordon, you see Brisker, potential day one starters for the defense. But in terms of what the other teams have added in the division, how do they stack up? Well, I think it's that's a great question because I think the Bears are at a different point as well as where the, like the Lions are a great example. I think the Bears probably this year had a better draft in like totality than the Lions had last year when they were at ground zero. So I think the Bears ground zero is better than the Lions was. Um, I don't think the Bears had a better draft than any of those teams. But I would say in terms of long range potential for what you need to get done right now, because like you guys said at the top, they have so many needs. You can't it's hard to just where they were without, you know, top premium picks. It's going to be hard to really cross off a name and say he's a guy. And they actually kind of found one in Brisker that I think you can kind of cross off and say, boom, guy and Gordon guy. You know, like you said, there's two guys right there. So it's hard to do when you're just starting. And I think the the picks that they inherited, which wasn't much, um, you know, they did the best they could with it. I, I didn't hate it, but I think it's going to be behind some of those other teams in the north, but they're also rebuilding. I think that that has to be taken into account as well. Okay, taking into account that like none of us really actually know how any of these players are going to turn out. Um, <laughs> why? Why is it though that like the and this is I, I think we all experience this as soon as the draft's over. And maybe it's just because of where they end up and which defense or which offense and the fits. Because fit is is everything, quite frankly. But like it's it's almost like as soon as the draft's over, within 24 hours, we're like, oh yeah, that that right there was a good pick. He's gonna fit in right away. He's gonna be a week one starter. And then like even with the number one overall pick, we're all like, what the hell were they doing? Like he wasn't even the best player on his own defensive line. You know, like why does that happen? Because you end up watching more. You end up seeing more. And you're like, well, you know, wait a minute now. Hang on a second. It's like it's the same thing that I think all the scouts go through 12 months a year where they're like, oh, I don't know. The more you see, that's why I always make the case for college basketball players to go. Don't come back. The more tape they get on you, the more holes they poke mm-hmm. and the worse it looks. So it's just about the more the more you watch, the worse it ends up looking. But this is going to be tough because it's a rebuild and people are going to have to have that long range view. I see it a lot with in Detroit and it's like, it's hard, but you have to sort of lean into it and accept it because that's why you're in this position. It wasn't good, and you know you have to sort of accept that and then rebuild out of it. How excited were the Lions that uh, Aiden Hutchinson was there? Speaking of the first overall pick, and you know, it just yeah, they, like to... <laughs> the NFL got mad at him. I, they um, turned the card in too fast. Yeah, and the, league, <laughs> and the league got mad. They actually did that last year too with Sewell, and the league got mad at him, and they were like, "You can't do that. You have to wait until because I think they turned it in before the Jaguars." Turn their pick in. Um, so they were like, he's not even been picked yet. Like, we don't know. They're like, oh, okay, hang on. We'll wait. <laughs> Sorry. And then they're like, okay, we got it. So, yeah, they were pretty happy. They were excited with him. So, um, and I think that's, again, that's a good fit. But, like, hey, if the Bears had a pick up in the top 10, people would think about this draft differently because you'd have a guy up there that you'd be like, man, boom, right there. Put him in and let's go. And actually, they kind of did get two guys on the back end that you could look at and say, maybe that, maybe that is the case. So, the more you look at the Bears draft, I actually think the better it ends up looking, but it's still, I think the criticisms are fair. You uh, had a lengthy piece up on The Athletic, um, I think today actually, but um, with, with a UDFA f- for every single team that you like to watch. And for the Bears, you went with Jack Sanborn, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. Yeah, they had a good class. Master Teague's in there, the running back from Ohio State. Um, Gene DeLance, who was a big-time recruit, he's got like, 37, 38 inch arms or something crazy like this. Uh, it was a deep class. Chase Allen, the tight end from Iowa State, um, who was a leader there for them. Sanborn is a guy I think that the more I watched at Wisconsin over the years, he always found a way. Um, he's not, there are coverage questions with a guy like that, but like 
in terms of where the Bears are at right now, get solid football players in here who know how to do one thing really well. He can put him in the box, and he can play on first down, and you're not going to get screwed. And he knows how to fit the run. He's not going to get burned in the, you know, the underneath stuff. Uh, smart player who I think could add could add value. And, you know, those are what you're looking for when you're trying to rebuild. Guys that will just come in and, and go to work. And that's a pretty deep, solid class. So that's another thing, too. I think you, don't, you can't overlook that. The Bears are going to have a really competitive camp, I think. That's probably something I would take away here is that you're going to heat it up and see what happens. And you, you, you might be okay if some guys get unseated that you're a little surprised at because that's how, you know, that's how growth happens. Especially for those linebackers. That's an underrated, overlooked position of need. I think Adam wanted more praise for Wisconsin. I don't know if you could see it up there above his head. Yeah, just wanted more Badger talk, but we could skip that part right now. <laughs> I can handle that later. Don't worry. Yeah, no, we'll skip that too. Um, yeah, probably. Local, he's a local kid too. Um, yeah, he's from right down the road in Lake Zurich. He'll play his ass off for the Bears. There you go. I loved it. I mean, like that. That's they had a nice class there in the uh, in the signings. So, which. Which team did the best? Like, who who had your favorite draft, and who had, like, and whose draft did you like? The the roll your eyes at the Ravens are still the one I think that I come back to. A lot of people pointed at the Jets. Some people pointed at the Chiefs. Um, the Ravens are the ones that I'm I'm still like every pick they made was like okay yeah I got it yeah. like this is pretty good you know like this is really and it's really the way good. they maneuver the draft isn't yeah, it and yeah. it's like they just sit there. And they just don't do it. Like sometimes they just sit there and they, it's amazing how they'll just sit there and you'd be like, Oh, what, what about this guy? I forgot about him. And they're like, Oh, the Ravens just took him. You're like, Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> like, right. Everyone forgot about him. And there he goes. So they're always the one for me. And then, you know, I guess on the other side of it, new England's is just, and it's another one where it's like, I liked a lot of the guy. I like Cole strange, but uh, it's like a really high pick, you know, like, I mean, there's a lot in there that's like, these are good players. But my God, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking them here, right? So that's the one that still remains sort of a head scratcher, I guess. Yeah, I I love the Ravens draft too. It just to just the way they like handle draft currency. Like Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Hollywood Brown was like the twenty fifth overall pick or something, somewhere in the mid twenties, and then they get three years out of him, and he's like he's good, he's not great, and they trade him for a better pick, twenty three. And then they trade back, and they get even more out of that. And then they land Tyler freaking Lindenbaum, like who who could have been a top yeah, who could have been a top ten guy. And then oh yeah, Kyle Hamilton, who probably could have been top five guy, depending on you know. And you just know like when they draft those guys, those guys are going to be good because yeah, it's and the then Ravens they just lose it. their their starting center free agency. They did. And Bradley Bozeman, they, like they had a need. Yeah. And this is like Marshall Yanda's like little brother here at Iowa. I mean, this is like this. Yeah. Is, the Ravens are the best at this, in my opinion, right now. Like, there's not a better team in terms of organizational confidence and everything. The and Colts are pretty good too. The Colts are up there, but the but the Ravens right now are, uh, for my money, pretty good at this. One more NFC North question: um, No offensive players in the first round, right? And then they trade up for Christian Watson. I'm just knowing what we know as NFC North calls gurus and knowing how things can get precarious with a certain quarterback with the number of 12, you know, up in Green Bay. I'm just, your, your thoughts on that, that situation and getting a receiver that's going to need some time to, to Yeah, to but he's he's the guy that all the people were drooling over too. He's the yeah. traits guy on, on day two that everybody, so uh, I was definitely after day where you're like, okay, they did not do what maybe we thought they could do here. And like you said, I mean, maybe Aaron is not happy, but to take Watson, I was like, okay, well, maybe that gets him back a little bit because he does need a little time. 
But oh my God, this guy with the, with all the stuff like we, he at the Senior Bowl, he was the most impressive like individual athlete. And there were times where you know Chris Burke and I were standing there, and I was like, I, he looks like he's running seventy percent, like he's gliding. So when he really figures it out, he could be amazing. And um, so I wonder if that curbed it for him a little bit. And uh, but you're right, like he's going to need some time, but also he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Aaron can throw him open. <laughs> I think he could figure it out. That kid's pretty special. So. Um, Maybe it works out in the end there. But, yeah, definitely interesting that they didn't take you know, a shot at one of those other big receivers early, I guess. Well, and the one play that's all over Christian Watson's tape that um, is like because you could like kind of quibble about how dynamic the tape is and things like that, like how it compares to even like a George Pickens. Like, is it really that special? But the one thing that pops up every single game is a long bomb where he's just wide open down the middle of the field. And it's like. Okay, well that could work with Aaron Rodgers. That's that's like, that could play. That open? <laughs> How is he this open? Right, he's eight foot tall. So it's like something's got to be working here, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, one more though. I have on the Lions. Um, another draft, another draft without a quarterback. Like, what's the plan there? I, I Jamison Williams is obviously very good. They add Aiden Hutchinson. I don't really have any problems with their actual draft. It's just what wh- what's the pl- what's the plan at quarterback? So my read on it at this point is that, you know, you've now loaded up a little bit more offensively. The offensive line, which they really think could be very good, um, is going to be healthy. And now you say with Jared Goff, okay, like, this is your year. Let's go see what you have. And if the answer is not enough, then you maybe take the assets next year, package them, go up and see if you can get, you know, somebody in a better quarterback class next year. Uh, And if the answer is Goff surprises you, then Goff surprises you. And maybe that's a different conversation. But from all things, and no one's really said this, but from just piecing together all things that we've seen and heard, um, it really does feel like to me that they wanted this year to be Goff's, like, no question about it. There's not anybody coming in behind you. Don't worry about it. Just go play, and we'll see what happens. Because we're not trying, you know, like, if they don't make the playoffs this year, no one's going to really care one or the other. So it's like, I think they're going to let him go with some weapons and see what happens. Because I think a little bit of his last year, they thought maybe it's not so fair to judge him. Um, and then you'll get your full judgment at the end of the year. And, you know, they will have extra first round picks to work with um, next year. I don't know how much you're going to need, but, you know, I mean, we know that next year's quarterback class is better than this year. So that is definitely something I think that they're certainly eyeing or keeping in their in their pocket. Yeah, I wanted to point that out. It, was, it became pretty clear as those quarterbacks waited and waited and waited what the what the NFL felt about this year's quarterback class. Right, and next year's. So, yes, exactly. Yes, right. yeah, absolutely. All right, hey, Nick, great stuff. We appreciate it. Everybody should be checking out all of the outstanding coverage Nick has on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns for those subscriptions. Go check them out. And, uh, yeah, especially the UDFA piece. There's a lot of good stuff in here. So uh, thank you so much, Nick. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys, anytime. Thanks, Nick. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. 
Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right. Appreciate Nick Baumgartner coming back on the podcast post-draft. Some interesting situations around the NFC North. You know, the one team we didn't talk about much was the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, but even what he was just saying about the Lions, I still think it applies to the Vikings uh, about the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a reminder that it's there's only so many good quarterbacks out there. Like you see the Lions sticking out with Jared Goff. We we know the Vikings just love to stick it out with Kirk Cousins. There's only so many good quarterbacks out there. It affects your roster, all those things. But just well, another at least, reminder. At least those two teams have quarterbacks that are not. Um, disasters how about that i mean there's worse there's definitely worse quarterback situations out there than what the vikings seattle seahawks yeah but well that's self-created by trading away russell wilson but um you know i put like washington as an example like what are they doing carolina carolina they can't find anybody i think the giants are tiptoeing in that area right now with daniel jones they didn't pick up his fifth year option i I think they're beyond tiptoeing they're running away yeah and certainly the Bears have been there plenty of times before, too. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> so, uh, and none of those teams have Aaron Rodgers, which is where you want to be. But, yeah, good stuff from Nick. We appreciate him jumping on again. Um, we wanted to jump into some of the uh, happenings that will be going on at House Hall this weekend with the rookie class coming in. I guess, John's will ask you this. What's the most exciting thing that you're looking forward to seeing? There's no there's no Justin Fields walking down the practice field this year at Rookie Minicamp where that's going to command all the attention. And unfortunately, there is not a giant kicking competition going on either uh, with, with eight kickers. That was two years ago. I think that was three years ago now. Oh, time flies. Uh, yes, last year was definitely a different vibe with Fields being traded up for and whatnot. This year... I want to see how Kyler Gordon moves. The Bears spoke at length about how his movement skills were elite, special. He's got that ballet background. He's got that kung fu background. I want to see it. I also want to see who's like throwing and targeting him. I I haven't looked at the undrafted free agent list. Remember a couple years ago, they had like some local kids from like D3 schools out there throwing the ball around? I don't think they've signed a quarterback. 
Maybe tryout guys coming in. Uh, Drew Pitt, Ball State. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but I got him on a list here. Um, is he testing Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker? I don't know, but I want to see how the two number. I want to see how the second round picks move, especially Gordon. Yeah, I want to see that too. Um, I'm interested in getting eyes on these offensive linemen, just kind of sizing them up, what they look like, you know, body type type things, guard, tackle. I mean, you get an idea on tape, but that'll be interesting. And then you want to see if they look the part, right? Yeah, exactly. You can kind of tell right away, like, all right, that guy needs to slim down or he needs to tone up a little bit, you know, whatever it is, you can get a, you can get a good idea. Um, and Dominique Robinson too, like can't say I watched a whole lot of Miami, Ohio football last year. So you know, they described as an athletic freak and I'm just curious what he looks like. Maybe they could throw him out there at wide receiver. That's Keller Gordon. He is a former wide receiver. Yeah. That was a joke, but maybe. Um, but Valus Jones Jr. can test Kyler Gordon. It'll be interesting. Just um, Like that's the one-on-one matchup. Yeah. Right? That's it. Mm-hmm. It's rookie minicamp. Um, in terms of the undrafted free agents, I think there's three names to watch above the others, and it is a long list. Um, we talked about Sanborn earlier. Nick also mentioned Chase Allen. I think he's somebody that's intriguing because he's a pretty good blocker and he's got a big catch radius, but he's not the most athletic at tight ends, which is why I think he fell out of the draft, um, but he still could be able to su- surprise. Um, and then Gene DeLance is the guy with traits that's, I think, very interesting that of the old linemen could sneak in with those other four guys that got drafted you know, that's five offensive linemen, Johns. We're talking pre-draft at that minicamp. We're like, who the hell? Like, there's just not enough offensive linemen here. Just numbers, regardless of who they are. And now all of a sudden, you you put in at least five guys there that that um, will at least fill fill out your training camp uh, third string, right? Because because like that was one of my things. Was just like, how the hell are they going to field three teams? They need bodies, right? They need bodies. I, I think it's always interesting to look at where the potential holes are for an undrafted guy to step in and make the team. I love stories like that. Mm-hmm. With these undrafted guys, they should know there's a lot of holes. <laughs> like They may take two or three of you in the secondary. I think for sure, absolutely, Jack Sanborn has a real chance to make this team. Why? I think he's a capable player. And two, they need help at linebacker. Yeah. Nicholas Moore was not the long-term answer there. I'm not saying Jack Sanborn will be either, but there's an opportunity for him to make an impression. Receivers, same thing. Yeah, I I see I think Sanborn though can like immediately help at that Sam spot because that's not even really a starting position. Um because oh, and a big reason why is because of what Matt Eberflew said at down at uh the NFL annual meeting where he said that that guy also needs to be able to back up the Mike and Will. And that's where he played at Wisconsin. Granted, it was a different scheme, but the point is, like, he immediately... It's not just ability and the fact that the Bears probably had a draftable grade on him and he, he fell out, but he fits that. There's a reason why they were aggressive in going out and getting Jack Sanborn, because I think he, he fits into the de- defensive depth chart 
Not to mention special teams depth chart too. How much do you think everything Ryan Poles said, like leading up to the draft, about resilience, targeting some undrafted guys in free agency, Lucas Patrick, not drafted, Byron Pringle, not drafted. Like you need to sign guys regardless, but I, I'm curious if the Jack Sam, well, Jack Sanborn, again, is from the Chicago area, but some of these guys may have been interested in the Bears just because of Ryan Poles' philosophy. The opportunity that not only exists because of the roster structure, but because of the open-mindedness of Ryan Poles. Yeah. I, and, and look, I guarantee you that that's a conversation that, that these guys probably have with their agents before the draft. where Because that's the great... Everyone wants to get drafted because you get to say you got drafted. But if you don't, the upside is you get to pick where you go. And so you look at fit. You look at opportunity. And the Bears provide a lot of opportunity. A lot of opportunity. Depending on the position, but most positions, there's opportunity to make this roster. Um, and so I, I have to think that they had to be one of the more competitive uh, places to... To go if you're if you're one of these undrafted free agents, I I, I would think that the Bears would be a spot you would want to go yeah. because your chances of making the 53 man roster and playing in the NFL are higher than some of these other spots. Yeah, the key word is there is the key word to me is probably intriguing. If you're an agent looking at the Bears, then it's opportunity. I'm interested to see what these undrafted guys could do. Usually, there's one or two that catch your eye. Yeah. Where, oh, he's going to be, at the very least, a pain in the butt for some of these starting players in in training camp. Like, he'll yeah. compete his ass off and give these starters a good look. That's what you're looking for sometimes. They also sign a bunch of wide receivers that I do not know a whole lot about. So, considering that's still a major position of need, I will be um, watching them, too. Just to Fast see guys. I want to see fast guys. Yeah. And I think you saw they, they picked up Chris Fink off waivers. Oh, Notre Dame wide receiver. I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's eligible to participate in minicamp because I don't think he's a uh, rookie minicamp because I don't think he's played. He's you know how every year there's like a handful of they're eligible veterans that they're not necessarily veterans. They're still on their rookie deals, but they're UDFAs, practice squad guys that haven't really played a whole lot. I, I'm, you're going to see guys like that. So um, that's something. Well, What's in that the, case, you're looking for speed, right? Their ability to separate, make plays. You look at, again, opportunities to make plays in settings where receivers should have the advantage over some defensive backs. Is the Bears' third quarterback eligible for rookie minicamp? Ryan Willis? Well, I don't know. They haven't sent out the roster yet. I know. That's why we're kind of guessing. What is it? it two, it's 2.38 p.m. on Thursday. No roster yet. Okay. So he came out undrafted in 2020. He has not played. I, I Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ryan Willis can throw passes at, at minicamp this weekend. Good. So someone that which would make experience. sense if they signed one QB. You said they signed one guy. I bet you we'll see him. I don't. Trevor Simeon's not. He started games in the NFL. A few, so, more than a few. Yeah. No, he's got some legit experience. Uh, sorry, Kevin Fishbane. No, uh, Trevor Simeon. Breakdown. 
Otherwise, you probably wouldn't even need to go this weekend. He'd be so excited he'd just be there the whole time. <laughs> with his purple hat. He may he may be that way anyway with Chris Bergen being there. That's right. Now, is he an invite guy or, or a signee? No, he's an invite. Tryout he's an invite guy. guy. Tryout yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. And, and the coaches will love him immediately. Didn't he's, they, a, did, he's didn't a maniac. Did he lead the Northwestern in tackles? I think he led the country in tackles. He's a maniac. Did you say maniac? Yeah, maniac. Okay. Let's see it. He's an undersized maniac. classic <laughs> Northwestern linebacker maniac who, don't be surprised if he sticks around just because the coaches... When he got to Northwestern, he immediately... He was like, same thing. It was just like kind of like, oh, here's a guy who's here. And then immediately they were like, oh, this guy's one of our best practice players. We could throw him on special teams right away, which is what they ended up doing. And he went out there and made plays. It's, and then he it, became a starter at linebacker for three years. The, the, the part of the evaluations here that's always overlooked is that you need good practice players. Yes. You do. Again, to be a pain in the ass to the starters. And what you're trying to say there, Johns, is that they're actually looking for those people. Correct. Like, like they will sign a guy kind of knowing he's probably not going to make the 53-man roster. But if he's going to do everything right, participate in the meetings, learn everything there is to know, and help the team by practicing hard and being a good scout team player, then you can earn, you can make money in the NFL that way. You know who's a training camp fan favorite? Who was that? Was Tanner Gentry. Mm. He was a pain in the butt for those defensive backs because he was a go-up-and-get-it guy. Couldn't always do it consistently in games. That's why he was always a practice squad player, but we saw it in camp all the time, and that was against starters. Those starters needed that. I did not expect Tanner Gentry's name to be dropped today in this podcast. Here we are. But now would be the right time of year to have it dropped. Yes. I would say <laughs> I that. think he's still in the Bills roster. I think he might be too. Good for him, man. Good for him. All right. Well, should be fun. We will be back early next week with our normal episode on Tuesday, and we will recap everything there is to recap from the weekend. Uh, the coordinators are going to talk too. So Matt Eberflus on Friday, Alan Williams and Richard Hightower on Saturday, and Luke Getze on Sunday. There it is. So There's um, the schedule. Yep. And the two of us will be juggling rookie minicamp and baseball games. Correct. I'm sure, all weekend long. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we will. We got opening day Sorry. Saturday. We played last night. We got a game tonight. I got four games next week. That's just one son. Got a game on Sunday. Oh, a lot of baseball in the Johns household. I would say that the Johns boys combined are going to play probably about 90 baseball games this summer. Woo! Heaven help me. Yeah, and that is just a good lesson for everybody out there not to have eight children. <laughs> Three. It's fun. You love it. I do. Yeah, we got opening day. Uh, we're, the, we're the Red Sox. I don't know how I feel about that, but our house league team is the Cubs. Well, good luck. Hope you don't play the White Sox. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> after, <this weekend. laughs> after, after recent events. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, we'll have coverage all weekend, whether that's rookie minicamp or uh, random 
children's baseball games. We'll have that for you on uh, Twitter and social media. And uh, make sure you get those subscriptions. The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, allchgo.com. Subscribe on YouTube, obviousshirts.com. Thankful for our friends over there with all the great merchandise you can get there. So check it all out. We appreciate everybody. Talk to you Tuesday. See ya. Hey, what's up, Flues?